0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to read three verses of Scripture this morning as we launch this series, Woke or Awake. And I've got to be honest with you, I've really struggled with this series, so... We're praying that God will help me and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will allow me to communicate clearly what God wants me to say. Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14. For by this, for by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. The oracles of God refers to the prophetic message that God has delivered to us through his word. We need someone again to teach us what the word of God says and you come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Father this morning we pray Holy Spirit come anoint this word today Let it settle deep in the hearts of the hearers this morning. Let it touch those who are joining us online right at this moment and yet in the future. Let your anointing pervade and prevail in this room, I pray. Amen. When I read those scriptures, I recognize that the writer of Hebrews is talking to the church, a group of Jews who have been converted to follow Christ, and he's actually rebuking them just a little bit. He's saying you haven't grown as you should. You're simply still babes when you should be teachers of the word yourself. Sometimes when we look around and we look at the church universal, the church as a whole, we can say that those words certainly apply today. So many who call themselves Christians still need milk and have never made it to the meat of the word. They have never come to the place where they understand the things of God and can open and explain the things of God to other people because they've chosen not to grow. Not long ago, a survey was released that said a, a churchgoer, a regular church attender, is considered now someone who attends church once a month. A couple of years ago, it was twice a month. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, it was three times a month. Twenty-five years ago, it was every single Sunday. And we can see how we as a church have allowed the importance of God, His Word, our fellowship, to diminish in our lives. Other things have crowded in and taken its place. We've got to go play sports. Let me say something to the parents here and online. You know, my kids played sports the whole time they were growing up. My oldest son played college basketball. His son is now playing at Oklahoma State University, our grandson. We believe, we love it, we enjoy it. But sports can never be in front of your pursuit of God. Sports can never replace fellowship with like-minded believers. And now to give you the harsh reality, only 1% of high school athletes make it to the next level. Whether it's Division I or clear down to... uh, the lowest division. And only 1% of those guys make it to the professional sports arena. So sometimes I think we are trying to mold our kids into something that will lead them to a position of disappointment if they don't make it to the next level. Can I tell you that when we mold them to follow Christ, they will never find that disappointment. They will always be encouraged and strengthened and guided and directed by the presence of God in their lives. I'm going to be done with meddling right there, all right? We'll go back to the message. We understand that as we read these words, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is in fact offensive. When we're confronted with the gospel, it stings, it hurts. It confronts our sin and demands that we repent, demands that we be born again and change. And so in our society, rather than repenting, we create new systems whereby we're not confronted with the sin that's in our lives. New systems that affirm our sin, new systems that mitigate our guilt, new systems that overcome those things that trouble us and plague us when it comes to knowing and serving God. Wokeism is one of those systems. It's been created to mitigate our own sin and to affirm the sin that's in so many people's lives. And every Sunday through November the 5th, we're going to be talking about this dangerous doctrine of devils has its origin by Satan that's invaded our society. And you know for a fact, I'm going to argue God's side and the Word of God's side in this series of messages. I will not hold back, I will not pull punches, but will give you exactly what the Word of God says. A lot of people are scared to talk about it. Wokeism. Some say, well, I'm not woke, or I'm anti woke, or I'm just confused about the whole thing. I don't understand what wokeism really is. We're going to explain it to you over the next five Sundays. Some say, well, I'm sort of work. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a racist. So I guess that makes me sort of work, sort of woke. Some say I'm against anything that has the kind of hint about judging someone because the color of their skin. So maybe I'm just riding that fence right down the middle between Christianity and wokeism. And still others would say, you better believe I'm woke. I bought into it. I believe it. I've adopted it as my philosophy. See, we need to understand that the philosophies of the world do not mix and are not compatible with the Word of God and the life that God has called us to live. And too many churches and too many Christians, because they have compromised God's Word, have allowed wokeism to invade the sanctuary and change our perspective of who God is and what God does. So what is wokeism? Let's talk about it. It's an acronym for Willingly Overlooking Known Evil. When you Google woke and find the definition, it says that someone who is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. When I read that, I thought, I'm alert to injustice. I'm against racism. Maybe I'm woke. Is there racism in the world today? Absolutely. No doubt about it, there is. There is racism in our culture. But hear me, racism is another attack of the enemy, a lie of the devil that tries to divide people. You and I, as born-again believers, come to the foot of the cross. And at the foot of the cross, there is no skin color. There is no language barriers. There is no geographical or linguistic areas. There is no culture that divides or separates. That's why I can speak to a diverse church this morning and tell you, at the cross, we are all the same. And let me also tell you, it's only at the cross that we are all the same. It won't be in philosophy, it won't be in education, it won't be in culture, it won't be in government, because every system is designed to divide us. But the cross is there to unify us as one. So I can say to anyone in this room or anyone online, you are my brother and my sister when you come by way of the cross. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin or where you've originated from. All that matters is you've repented of your sins. You've accepted Christ as your Savior. You're living for Him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that context, we are brothers and sisters. Nothing can change that. The cross is the only place where wokeism dies. It's at the cross some would say, yes, there's racism. And those of us as Christ followers are against racism. We don't believe in that division that originated by Satan that separates us by the color of our skin. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And if you'll think about it, you'll find it ridiculous as well. To separate people by the color of their skin, it's unbelievable. So we say, well, that sounds really good because we're against social injustice and we're against racism. So maybe we really are woke. Well, don't jump on that train quite so fast because here's the truth of what wokeism does. Wokeism is a religion. It is a cult. It's designed in the pit of hell to draw people away from the gospel of Jesus Christ and take them directly to hell upon their death. Wokeism is a cult. We need to understand that. Wokeism takes terms that we're familiar with and redefines them. And because what is racist to a woker is not racist to you and I, what is social injustice to a woker is not social injustice to those who follow Christ. They redefine the words and then try to shove them down the throat of society. What social justice to that woker is not to you and I as followers of Christ. And here's where it gets really confusing because like any cult, they take the terms that we know and they redefine them. They make them new and then it becomes confusing to the world. The true definition of wokeism, it's in your outline this morning. And by the way, the outline is also on the app for those of you that are watching online. The true definition is it's an authoritating worldview That seeks to, listen to me, deconstruct the foundations of Christian faith by overwhelming, overpowering, overthrowing those who do not adhere to its ideology. We call it now cancel culture. If you don't agree with them, they're going to cancel you, they're going to move you off of any place of influence or take your voice away from where people can hear. I did a video promoting this series that we played on social media. I wanted to boost it on Facebook so we could reach more people. And after about 30 minutes, after I'd posted that and tried to boost it, it came back, you can't boost this ad, it's rejected because it deals with cultural issues. If the church can't deal with cultural issues, who can? If the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't address cultural issues, who would? Think about it. Jesus confronted the Pharisees again and again and again because they had warped, transformed the gospel to something completely different. Think about the prophets in the Old Testament. Spoke out against Israel and the sin of Israel, trying to draw them back to God. Look at the New Testament. Peter, Paul, Titus, all spoke against false doctrine that was invading the church and society. So it's the church's responsibility to stand against those things that would destruct and destroy men and women. If I define wokeism in one word, it's paganism. Paganism. In another word, it's pride. In two words, it's moral superiority. And that moral superiority is based on race, gender, and sexual orientation. If I'm woke, I'm superior to you. I have a better view of these things. And my view is based on race, gender, and sexual orientation. And I'm tolerant. But I'm really not tolerant if I'm woke. I'm neo-tolerant. Neo simply means new. It's a new form. It's redefined. In other words, if you agree with me, then we get along fine. But if you disagree with me, my tolerance ends right there. It's an amazing thing we see in our society every single day. They're preaching tolerance while they're actually modeling intolerance. Simply by redefining a word and making it mean something different. I'm woke and you're not, they say. And listen, if you're white, you don't have a chance. Wokeism has already said there is bias and racial discrimination in your history. Because you're white, you can never be forgiven. You can never be redeemed. Can I tell you, that's a lot of hogwash. Jesus Christ does not look at the color of your skin when He forgives you, when He redeems you, when He washes your sins away, when He puts as far as east is from the west, when He casts it in the sea of unforgiveness, He never again holds it against you. It doesn't matter what lies in your past. For someone to say, because your skin is the wrong color, you have no hope. And if you're a white male, you certainly... Have no hope. You've noticed that attack, right? It started happening in the last year. It's amazing what's happening in our culture. And so many people are afraid to stand against it, to speak against it. There's a high likelihood that this video will be taken down from YouTube because they too don't like anyone speaking against wokeism. When I think about the insidious nature of this. Again, reminding you that it's all about redefining so you can marginalize your sin, so that you can live with your sin and feel good about yourself. It's a total ignoring of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What did Paul say in Romans 3.23? I believe it's something like this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, not even one. What did he say in Romans 1.16? I think it reads like this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What did he say in Romans 5.10? God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What did he say in Romans 10.13? Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a total obliteration of the gospel of Jesus Christ when people buy in to wokeism. You see, once we're, once we're saved and delivered and we've repented of our sins, we're forgiven, we're cleansed, we're changed. Then we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But to wokeism, that can't happen. It's impossible. You're done. It's over. If your skin isn't the right color, or if your sexual orientation isn't fluid, it's over for you. Wokeism is like kudzu. You know what that is? It's an invasive weed brought in from Asia. And we see it all over the South now. It takes over everything. It destroys everything in its past. That's what wokeism is. It takes over everything. Wherever you turn today, you see the effects of wokeism. Corporations are now woke. Have you noticed that? Corporations are now woke. The educational system is woke. The government is woke. Universities are woke. Many of our sports figures are woke. Even churches today are woke. Can there really be a church and be woke? Think about that because the answer is very, very simple. And why aren't pastors talking about it? Because they're afraid. They're afraid someone won't like them. They're afraid they'll offend someone's feelings. They're afraid someone will leave the church. Believe me, I got over that a long, long time ago. And i am determined to do one thing and one thing only when I stand in this pulpit, and that's declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if it's offensive to you, if it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry, cupcake, but you need to repent. It's time to turn your face toward God. Pastors won't talk about it because they're afraid of the fallout. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it is a strategic strategy that is satanic. It's real. It's about pride. It's about moral superiority. So yes, I'm going to talk about it. I told you a second ago, the gospel is offensive. And it is. It is. And when you're a sinner separated from God because of your sins, and you hear the message that Jesus Christ died on the cross to redeem you, to ransom you, to save you, to buy you back and to make you a part of the kingdom of God, you can either rise up in offense or you can kneel in repentance. There are no other responses to the gospel. Either we rise up Because of our offense, we stomp out of that church, we curse that preacher, we say, those folks are horrible, or we bow our knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. See, that's what wokeism won't do for you. It affirms your sin. It makes you feel morally superior. And that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most church leaders don't talk about it because they're afraid someone will unfollow them on social media. Their numbers might go down. Their clicks, their views might go down. And may I tell you, that's very likely what would happen. Very likely. That's why pastors don't talk about it. But when you look at the heart of wokeism, you have to agree that it is a seductive, satanic strategy. And so many times we try to class this by Democrat or Republican or Independent. I'm here to tell you, it's much greater than that. It's not in one camp or another. It's invading all of our society. So how did we get here as a culture? How did we get here as a church? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Paul said, wake up sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you and be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Wake up, sleeper. That's how we got here. The church went to sleep. The church abandoned its post. The church forgot there was a world to reach and were unconcerned about souls dying and going to hell. And when we lose the passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we're satisfied with coming every now and then and receiving a little bit of food, a little word, then we find ourselves in the position where wokeism invades our mind. And we begin to say, well, that's really not so bad. That's really not a bad thing, but it's spawned by Satan. Some people that got us there, I listed three in your outline Karl Marx. He died in 1883. He was a God-hater, an atheist. He basically tried to tear apart the foundations of Christianity at every opportunity. His whole thesis was the world is made up of an oppressor and the oppressed. Only two categories, oppressor and oppressed. And if you listen to wokeism, that's exactly what it teaches. You're either an oppressor or you're oppressed. There is nothing else. It's one or the other. And if you're in the last category, if you're oppressed, then the world owes you a lot. You become entitlement driven. I want more and more and more because I am oppressed. Again, let me say it. The only thing that breaks that curse and breaks that lie off your life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to do it. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto. Men like Adolf Hitler were followers of Karl Marx. He studied his teachings. He read the Manifesto. He believed what Marx said was true. And you know the result of that. Six million Jews were killed because Adolf Hitler believed in Marxism. But here's the problem with Marxism. It never worked. And it never will work. You can study history. And 110 million documented, 110 million murders were occurred because of Marxism, which we now call wokeism. It's the engine that drives it. What happened was people were all into Marxism. They loved it. They thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And then they heard what was happening in Russia. And then they heard what was happening in China. And they began jumping off that train like rats in the t- Titanic. They abandoned it. But they didn't jump to truth. They jumped to critical race theory. A theory that was actually designed in academia. A theory that was pushed through, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then men like Frederick Nietzsche. Frederick Nietzsche. He was a nihilist, meaning life is absolutely absurd. He's the one that started the phrase, God is dead. And then he concluded that everything in the world is about power. And the more power you have, the happier you would be. He equated humanity to dogs in heat, to salmon spawning. And he said, the strong survive and the weak die. It's all about power. And then you mix that up with Nietzsche and you have this whole power trip. And then there's another guy on your outline. His name is Sigmund Freud. He was the father of psychoanalysis. Freud said that everything's about sex. We're just sexual creatures. Everything is sex, 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 sex. You wonder why we are seeing our children sexualized today. Thank Mr. Freud for that. He introduced that doctrine, that ideology. You wonder why elementary schools are having drag queen shows. Why are our schools allowing and having pornography for our children in elementary school? Thank Mr. Freud for that. Nietzsche was not a believer. Freud was not a believer. Karl Marx was not a believer. But their ideology, their doctrine, their teaching, Continue to invade society until it brings us where we're at today. And then we take it one step further and we'll look at our universities. By the way, let me stop just right here. I've said that there's welcome in the schools and universities. That's absolutely true. But there are great Christian believers who God has planted in those places to be a light in the midst of darkness, So if you're a school teacher at any level, a university teacher at any level, would you stand right now? Because I want to show you appreciation for being the light in the darkness. Right now, stand so we can show you how much we love and appreciate what you're doing, what you believe in, who you're serving, who you're influencing. We love you. We appreciate you. And we thank you for being that light in the darkness. And we need you. Our schools need you. We need you desperately. But in the 60s and 70s, we had these professors who were, I'll call them the psychedelic bunch, all right? They loved the trips that LSD gave them, and they took them. And then they took everything that Marx said, everything that Nietzsche said, everything that Freud said, and they incorporated that into their belief system. They cut their teeth on this stuff. They believe in it. They're anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-absolute truth. And unfortunately, academia tends to lean to the left. And these communist colleges have these papers written by professors who need to get published so they can grant tenure. And it doesn't matter if they're truth or not. It doesn't matter if the reality. I read an article just this week, Doctor, that said that science is no longer objective, it's subjective. Are you kidding me? How far can we drift away from truth? They've already said that about the Word of God. Now they're invading science as well. It could be that this is nothing but crazy. It's ludicrous. And no, I don't mean the rapper, young people. I mean these actions. That was funny, and you hardly laughed. All right. Whatever. We'll move on. They teach there is no absolute truth. Everything is subjective. If you believe it, then it must be true. That's why someone can be transgendered. Because they believe they were born in the wrong body. They absolutely embrace that. May you see the decline that wokeism brings to society. It convinces men that they're not men, they're women. So they parade around in dresses saying that, yeah, I can have a kid. Are you kidding me? You don't have a womb. You don't have the ability to birth a child. Talk about mental illness at its highest level. That's it. The church needs to stand against it. No absolute truth. And now... The people that have went through the indoctrination through the master of the graduate degree programs are heads of corporations. From Nike to Starbucks to Patagonia. They own sports teams. They play for those sports teams. Now they're in the educational world. And you see where we are is simple. Wokeism leads to socialism. Critical race theory and postmodernism. And may I tell you, none of those align with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask ourselves the question: what am I as a believer to do about what we see in our society? What's the answer? Number one, adopt a biblical worldview, a God-centric worldview. If you don't do that, you will never move out of that trap. Colossians 2, 8 and 10. 8 through 10 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow or deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Listen to the next verse. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. You must adopt a biblical, Christ-centered worldview. Because if we don't do that, we are susceptible to the lies that constantly hit us. We don't watch much television because we're tired of the message it sends. I don't watch sports anymore. I got tired of those guys and the message they were trying to send. Now, when Connor starts playing basketball on November the 6th, I'm going to be watching, you can guarantee that. I'll be there. He's my boy. Can't wait to watch him. And parents, without a Christ-centered worldview, you will not be able to lead your children into the ways of God and away from the lies of wokeism. You see, each one of us is built to put on Christ-centered lenses. When I put on my lenses, the one I have on my face, I can see the back of the room. I can see the clock that says it's 1147. I can see them waving, saying it's time to shut her down. No, they're not doing that. I'm just kidding. You. Although a couple of weeks ago, I went kind of long because worship went kind of long. And believe me, I heard about it. it didn't bother me. I'm used to it. Shrug it off and let's go on. That's what you've got to adapt the attitude. What you say, if it's not in line with the Word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, will not take place a root in my life. I'm going to shrug it off and go on. Tom, would you come back, please? My identity, your identity as a believer, is in Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to allow a doctrine that originated in the pit of hell authored by Satan himself called wokeism to deter me from that position. I'm not going to allow wokeism to tell me I can't be friends with Jaden and John and Eric because they have more melanin in their skin. How absolutely ridiculous is that? This is the diverse church. We have whites, we have blacks, we have Asians, we have Hispanics. We have some, I don't even know what you are, but you're here. That's why we're called All Nations. That's why we're called All Nations. Because everybody is welcome here. Ridiculous. And I'm not going to be judged because I'm a married heterosexual male. Not going to be. You try that stuff, it's going to run right back onto you. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to judge me because I chose to be a married heterosexual man. We have Gay Pride Month. Why don't we have Married Heterosexual Pride Month? Come on, think about it. It's time for the church to arise. Arise, O oh sleeper. And live your life not as unwise but as Wise. My question for you this morning, that's a decision all of us have to make. Are we going to choose to try to blend our Christianity with the lies of culture, which many churches have done? Or are we going to choose to stand on Christ, the solid rock? Are we going to choose to stand upon the confession of our sins and the repentance that comes through Jesus Christ that we are now heirs to the kingdom of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ are we going to stand in the position that I am redeemed I am justified I am bought back I am his or are we going to somehow pour in the nonsense of wokeism so that every Sunday we will write back well one Sunday out of four We're right back wanting the milk of the Word. See, you've got to get to the meat. You've got to get to the meat. When you start reading and studying and receiving the meat, it challenges you. It confronts you. and demands change in our life. This is the last part of the outline. I'm going to go through it very quickly. The identity of the woke crowd is found in victimhood. The identity of the christian is found in christ galatians 4 7 you are no longer a slave but god's child and since you are his child god has made you an heir thoughts what happens in our mind in the woke crowd it's completely secular in the christian's life it's completely biblical 2 Corinthians 10, 5, Paul wrote, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Church, there's our marching orders. what we're called to do. To the woke crowd, truth is subjective. Whatever you believe is your truth. And that's fine, they say. But to the church truth is objective it's absolute and Jesus declared in John 8 31 and 32 if you hold my teaching you're my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free how many times have we quoted that last verse to people who don't even know him no he said if you're my disciples if you hold to my teaching then the truth will set you free doesn't happen until you become a follower of Christ to the woke crowd, their feelings are central. Central. And they wear them on their sleeves, so they're very easily offended. But to the church, to the Christian, feelings are a byproduct of what God is doing in our life. Our happiness, our joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Our peace is not dependent on the absence of trouble. We don't hold the truth that is not accurate and right. It's a byproduct. Jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and to the woke crowd the way they live is to glorify self but to the believer the way we live is to glorify God Galatians 2 20 you should memorize this scripture if you haven't I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me And the the life I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's where I live. So this morning as a church, we have a decision to make. Are we going to mend our Christianity with the lives of Satan that's called wokeism or are we going to stand on the rock, the solid rock? the rock of jesus christ before i ask you to respond would you bow your head for just a moment i believe it's entirely possible that you're in this room this morning and you've never 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 ever asked jesus to forgive you of your sins ask him to come into your life and to completely and totally change you you've been caught up bound in the philosophies and the doctrines of the world and shut out the truth of jesus christ but this morning holy spirit is convicting you he's drawing you he's showing you that you have an opportunity to change to repent to receive christ to be born again that's you would you just slip up your head across this room and say pray for me pastor that's me i wait just a moment pray for me that's me i need to ask jesus to forgive me next part of this invitation is to those who call themselves believers will you stand on god's word will you be a light in the world will you advance the kingdom of god by defeating the strategies of the enemy will you be a messenger of truth and of light if that's your declaration and that's what you're going to do from this point forward, stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you and pray over you this morning. If you're willing to be that person who goes against the grain, who runs upstream with a gospel that is unduplicated. There's nothing but good news. Father, I pray for every person standing in this room today. I pray for every person online who's joining us this morning or will join us in the future. They too are taking their stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I pray now for strength and for power, for authority to flow into their lives. I pray that you give them confidence that only comes from you. An anointing of the Holy Spirit will fall on their lives this morning, right here, right now, right where they stand and they will be endued with power from on high power to be witnesses power to confront evil power to set demons to flight power to bring into captivity every thought that's against the knowledge of christ power flows through this room this morning oh come on throw up your hands just say i receive it i receive it I receive your power. I receive it. I receive it. And I'm going to stand on Christ, the solid rock. Come on, Tom, sing it out. I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe. I'm going to declare. He is the only way. Only way. Only way.
0: You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more.